Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Six weeks ago, I made a decision that directly affected what I'm preaching on today. About six weeks ago, I decided instead of following our normal set of lessons, we would talk about mothers. It was Mother's Day. And I figured if we are focusing one day on mothers, well, today we're going to focus a little more on fathers. Now, I have to say that I do feel a bit more qualified to preach about fathers because I am one and even a grandfather. But I also don't want to say that in the sense that I am the best qualified I know, you don't even have to ask my children or or ask my wife, I know that I am not the best father in the world. But I also know that I have forgiveness for all of my shortcomings as a father. And I also know that we don't need to look to any one person on this earth as the best example of a father because we have God, our Heavenly Father, as the best example. And so, yes, today it may seem like this sermon is going to apply only to fathers, but not really. We are going to talk quite a bit to fathers and about fathers, but mothers, think about how you can be supportive of your husband as a father. All of us are children, and so as children, what can we do to be supportive of our fathers? We're going to look at two different passages today, one from the Old Testament and one from the New. We're going to hear from Proverbs 22, verse 6, and then also from John 3, verses 9 and 10 and verse 16. From Proverbs 22, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And then also from John chapter 3, how can these things be? Asked Nicodemus. You are the teacher of Israel, Jesus answered, and you do not know these things? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is God's word. So what we learn from these passages is that fathers teach their children what they need to know. Now, what exactly do children need to know? Well, it depends on whom you're asking. If you ask a mother, she might say that she wants her children to know how to get along with other children, perhaps especially siblings. If you were to ask an elementary school teacher what that what their children needed to know, she might say, well, they need to know all of the things necessary so they can pass the Iowa basic skills test. A dad of a teenage driver might say that that his child needs to know how to survive out on the road. Parents might say that their college graduate child needs to know how to get a job and how to, to get by in life. So many things to know. But if we cut away everything else, What any child needs to know is really pretty simple. 
You don't have to study hours and hours and hours for this and practice over and over again and review all of it until you're, you feel like you're qualified. What a child absolutely needs to know is that familiar message of John 3.16. That God loves them and that he sent Jesus to be their savior. Now, it might be easy enough to say that that's a message that any child can pick up in Sunday school. No dad's necessary, right? But who takes that child to Sunday school does make a difference. Statistics show that the father's church attendance actually has a direct bearing on that child's church attendance, especially as that child grows up and becomes an adult himself. If the dad of the house goes to church on a regular basis, then it's more likely that a child is going to continue to go to church throughout their life. And of course, dads, excuse me, dads and moms going together, that's going to raise that percentage even more. Besides this message, this simple message of forgiveness of sins through Jesus, through the very Son of God, is first and foremost taught at home. Hopefully at church and and, in Sunday school, that teaching reinforces what's already being taught at home. If you look at the very beginning of each section of the small catechism, it starts off like this. As the head of the family should teach the Ten Commandments in the simplest way to those in his household. Teaching about God from the Bible begins at home, especially with dads. Now, some of you dads out there might be thinking that you haven't done the best job possible of teaching the the simple message of salvation to your children. I actually doubt that you have done the best job. And I'm not saying that to make you feel guilty. I'm saying that because there is forgiveness for your shortcomings as a dad. For every time that you've let your kids down, every time you've let your wife down, by not being a good spiritual head of the household, God sent his son, Jesus, for you. He forgives you for your laziness and for all of those times that you didn't share God's forgiveness with your family. And for those of you who didn't have or who don't have a great father, remember that that forgiveness, that same forgiveness, is also for your father. Maybe he doesn't believe it at this point, but maybe someday he will. Again, it's a simple message. It's a simple message that Nicodemus had a hard time understanding. Here was Nicodemus, a Pharisee, the best trained when it came to religious matters at the time, and he didn't get it. Maybe that's why he didn't get it, that he was so well trained. Jesus had been telling him about the necessity of being born again if you wanted to go to heaven. Now, we hear that and we say, well, sure, Jesus is talking about faith. He's talking about believing Believing in him for salvation. It's pretty simple, right? But the Pharisees had complicated it. The Pharisees had come up with all sorts of extra rules and regulations that they said you had to follow in order to be a true believer in God. But Jesus said that all of that 
was not necessary. He said that being born again of the Spirit was all that was necessary. And he's going to summarize that in John 3.16 when he says that God loves the world and that he sent Jesus as the Savior. So keep it simple, dads. Believe in the forgiveness that Jesus won for you. Share that forgiveness with your families, especially with your kids. Share it with your children when they tell you that they're sorry. Share it with your wife so that your children can see an example of love and devotion. Tell your kids that that simple children's song is true. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That simple message that fathers teach to their children also has eternal consequences. Now, many of the messages that bombard our children every day, maybe we don't think that they have eternal consequences, that they're just for this world. The world tells our kids that they need to grow up and they need to make something of themselves, be productive members of society. The world tells our kids that that they need to choose what religion they're going to follow. Maybe they even need to choose what gender they want to be. The world tells our children that they are inherently good, that all they need to do is realize that and tap into that inner goodness so that they can maximize their full potential. Granted, these sorts of messages don't necessarily sound like they would have long-reaching consequences, especially eternal consequences. But they very well might. The child who thinks that that his job in life is to grow up and, and be a productive member of society, maybe he's going to make money and power his priority. The child who is taught that he gets to pick his own religion, well, maybe they're going to pick a religion that's not Christianity and end up on the path to hell instead of to heaven. The child who's taught that they can choose their own gender, they might very well end up slapping God in the face by choosing a gender that's that's not the one how God created them. And the child that is taught that he is inherently good might not even see the need for a savior. Because if he's good and, and he's not bad, well then from what does he need to be rescued? The verse from Proverbs that we're considering might be familiar. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, when Solomon writes here, in the way he should go, we should know, we know what that way is. We know it because we know that the Bible tells us that way. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way and the truth and the life. There is only one way that he should go, our children should go, that we need to teach. And that way is Jesus. That way is is what Jesus did for us, that he came to this earth and that he lived a perfect life for us. That he died to take away the penalty for our sins. That he rose from the dead to guarantee our eternal life. And he did all that to bring us to himself in heaven. Jesus kept going in that verse. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father, no one gets to heaven that is, 
except through me. Dads, <clears throat> are you teaching this to your children? And I don't say this only to, to you dads who have young children. Teaching the main message of the Bible that Jesus is their Savior is something that all of us need to continue to hear throughout our lives. Note that the Proverbs said, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So will your children, even if you have raised them right, you've baptized them, you have trained them in the way they should go, teaching them the way of salvation, you've brought them to church, will they continue in that faith? Even when they move away from home. That's our hope and our prayer, of course, but does it always happen? Do our children remain faithful when they have left the house, when they're out of our control for the most part? Statistics tell us that if a person is going to become less active in church, if they've been active already, it's typically going to be between the ages of 18 and 30. 18 because that's when a young person graduates from high school. They, they may move away. They may go off to college. 30 is the age they come back because that's when they might be married, start having children, and they want their children to be raised in the church. Now, of course, it might not happen that way. Statistics are just statistics. A young person may not fall away from the church when they turn 18. A, a young adult might not come back to the church when they hit that age of 30. Either way, we keep telling our children the simple message. The simple message that that Jesus loves them and that he wants them to be close to him. The simple message that they can pass along to their children. The simple message that has eternal consequences. Now, of course, we don't want to assume that every adult who has been a regular churchgoer for longer than they can remember will always be a believer. Our parents need to hear that simple message over and over. So children, children of any age, don't be afraid to continue to share that message with your parents also. Just because you might think that they already know it doesn't mean that they don't need to hear it again. Fathers, think back to when you first met your child. As you were perhaps holding that precious little one in your arms and looking at them and, and thinking about their future, I seriously doubt that you were thinking, I really want an average life for this child. More likely, you were thinking that you wanted the best for this child, including that you wanted God's best for this child. You wanted this child to be one of God's precious children. Now, even if things haven't turned out exactly as planned, the most important thing that you can want for your children is for them to believe the simple message, the simple message that Jesus is their Savior, that he loves them, that he wants them to be with him. So fathers, mothers, children, keep sharing that simple message. Amen.